You ever show up to a party and hear a conversation underway that you find interesting? You want to get involved, but you're held back from speaking, partially out of fear. Fear of looking foolish, fear of saying the wrong thing. One of those topics that can evoke fear revolves around gender equality and female empowerment, especially from the perspective of a male. The discussion about feminism has long been a contentious issue in society, with its recent focus subject to a lot of talk, generating its fair share of polarizing discourse. Institutionalized discrimination by global leaders are major points that have crept into national agendas. But it's not all doom and gloom. Just as much as chauvinistic tendencies of a Putin or a Trump have lingered well past their welcome, there are similarly loud voices speaking out in support of women. The difficulties of advancement are beyond feminism's most visible opponents, like flat-out misogyny and sexism. It's about sorting out nuanced complexities that exist inside the movement, trying to find the right way forward. For those relatively new to the discussion, such as ourselves, we've realized early on that the concept of feminism can't be treated as a single, neatly packaged idea. Rather, we liken it to a huge ball of tangled wires, with each wire representing the unique perspective of any number of groups of women or men. Trying to understand how each wire fits into the ball is hard enough as it is. Now try understanding and communicating what the ball itself represents. And that's exactly what magazine editor, ad woman, and now curator Sarah Kim and her two friends, Ariel and Lindsay, tried to do with Feminine Product. It's an art show centered around female artists, femininity, and empowerment. When Sarah set off, she had to disconnect herself from her daily world of advertising and product. It's that world that presented itself in the form of dishonest conversation. Modern day femininity has a new sense of nuance. The fact that it's so layered represents a growing sense of maturity. My mentor and then creative director at Antenna, his name's Evan Gubernick, he's like in his 50s, made lots of magazines, mentored lots of people. He's phenomenal. It's like, aren't you just thrilled that those exist so then you can create another layer of vocabulary or another set of vocab, you know? Um, you know, there's Kimball, there's a gentlewoman, right? You know, like now there's, now there are, there are levels and layers and, and different iterations of that. Like I'm, I'm not that, but I'm also not that, but now suddenly we can be provocative. Imagine we couldn't, we couldn't be nasty before and now we can. She's a nasty woman, right? Like we could have never said that before. When you talk to Sarah, there's this sense that she's trying to figure out the right words and language on her own. It's an exercise to help refine and deliver the right message. There's so much to be said, and the map hasn't fully revealed itself yet, but we're getting there. And so now we can talk about that, but can we, we can also talk about how there's something else to that, right? Um, the synergy, I feel like, is that we're now, we're now able to compare and be more um, discerning about what the next step is. In the early stages of planning feminine product, Sarah was clearly focused on putting behind some of the most annoying parts of the advertising industry. Pulling off this show was a deliberate response 
to some of the things about the ad industry that bothered her. There's just a level of being genuine that I feel like is lacking um, in general, in, especially in the industries that we come from. But for this, I, I needed it to be like as authentic and as honest and as um, a little bit messy even as possible. Sarah and the team, including Arielle Myers of the Boulder Museum of Contemporary Art and artist Lindsay Milton Elkin, began the show on the backs of their favorite artists. It's interesting, because let's just take the three women that are curating the show. Arielle's from Florida, white, female, youngest of, youngest of the three of us, and she um, is a curator, right? Our, uh, Lindsay's from Canada, she just moved to Vancouver. I'm Korean-American, right? Um, even as we're talking about the show, we're just naturally about, we're just including artists that we like. And then, then it becomes layered. It's like, hey, are we thinking about, um, you know, women of color? Are we thinking about women who um, identify differently in terms of, you know, their sexuality? You know, are we thinking about all these things and suddenly other people you're talking to about it make you aware of these topics it, it hadn't occurred to me at first it's just these are the people I'm gravitating towards over the course of the planning stages they'd uncover exactly how difficult it was to create a show centered around such a broad and multifaceted topic like femininity Sarah's quick to admit that the new avenues that she uncovered were overwhelming but it did shed light on what has become a central theme, safe spaces for discussion. We had a few artists that were like, not, um, I mean, it's not the right word, but just didn't feel like they fit because we hadn't done a better job of exploring all of these questions that I just, but you'll ask me, the other women will ask me in days to come. And I'm just up for the conversation. I recognize I, I haven't done as thorough thinking as I need to, but I would hope that this is a safe space where that can happen more. Because even just in the emails and the phone conversations and putting the show together, because um, I'm, I'm just a magazine editor putting together a group of women that I think are phenomenal. One particular interaction left Sarah questioning her approach. Despite having the best intentions of the show, she learned a new sense of empathy and perspective towards some of the female artists they had approached. As a first show, and without the necessary funding of a well-established gallery, parts of the process were decidedly less refined, including the touchy subject of compensation. So with this long back and forth email conversation with her, I kind of just wish she would have said no. But instead she, um, it felt like I'm, my feminism is more thorough or my feminism, feminism is a bit um, more considered. It felt really condescending the way um, that she approached us. Uh, and I said, you know what, that's why we're here to have. A lot of those artists that had we had those conversations with totally opened up our eyes because it's like the same we're viewing that we're hating on it so quickly is probably similar in how she's viewing. This upsetting interaction made Sarah wonder what was the person on the other side thinking? It soon became clear that there were so many possibilities and other ideas of feminism worth considering. Hang on, she's probably gotten ripped off before, or she probably can only afford to do work that's paid, you know? And then why are we being so quick to be like, ah, she attacked us. She didn't attack us. She's just defending her, her stance, you know, or she can't be a part of it, or she's really been stung before, so... 
she feels the need to figure out why we're not paying her. Or maybe she thinks we're making money off of it, you know, and she, she and maybe that's happened to her before, or maybe not. You know, just asking those questions and had she not responded that way, we wouldn't have asked ourselves those questions. This proved to be one of Sarah's most challenging moments in the whole process. Rejection, despite her transparency, didn't sit well with Sarah. To be candid about not being good at it, and then to still be like undercut, um, then then I really had to I had I really had to question. I was like, should I not be doing this? And I felt totally okay asking those questions. Or should I have done more research? Or should I have included less artists or more artists? That was the hardest part because I was like, yo, if you understood me, or if you could even try to understand, like give me the benefit of the doubt, you could see that like my intentions actually are so like honest. This quest to define the show's narrative guided Sarah and their group as it reflected on the process of the show and surroundings of female equality. They actually found themselves harboring feelings of disdain towards other women. In a time when it seems women more than ever have been connected and aligned to fight the same fight, how did these scenarios arise? Megan's own designer and community manager, Sharice Poon, offered her own thoughts on the competition that may arise amongst women on similar trajectories. We subconsciously feel as though there can only be a small handful of women who are successful in any particular area or field. And somehow we think that if there's another woman in doing what we do or something similar to what we do, and they're doing it in a way that we might not do things, um, we feel like they, they're going to screw it up for the rest of the females who are doing the same thing. Not to say that, not to say that this is a rational or even like conscious behavior, but I think it's like a subconscious feeling as you go about working. Furthermore, in an already difficult battle, Sharice equated these intragender battles as something that could undo some of the hard work and progress achieved by females. Putting other women down, I think it's additionally harmful because then as a female, we're sort of like washing out not only for our own level of success, like we, we've all got a gauge of like how well we're doing. And we're also trying to measure up to the industry in general, but we also have to battle against other women trying to cut us down, right? like other women being particularly competitive towards us. So it's just like we've created an, yet another obstacle for all women to deal with. In the case of Sarah and the team behind the show, they started with a perspective that was initially dismissive of other feminist efforts. But I think the wrong way I was doing it, though, you know, what happened very quickly is that we started hating on other women's efforts by comparison as to what we wanted our show to be. And that we had to stop very quickly and be like, if one woman sees the future as female t-shirt for the first time, you know, and, and then has, has a dialogue or has a thought about that or wants to purchase it or not, you know, whatever, is that not helpful to wh whatever conversation we're having, right? Having heard Sarah say this, it provided a sense of clarity and comfort to those trying to find their way in this discussion. Everybody is in some way trying to figure out this conversation. Even those actively staking a claim, like Sarah and her crew, were deep in the heart of the movement. We're all just trying to bring sense to it all.
At the end of the day, the path towards gender equality is a large undertaking. It's big and complex, allowing different pathways and interpretations that drive it forward in a net positive way. There is no individual brand that yields the best results. An objective look into our world skews heavily towards a male-dominated society. It's both our challenge and interest to create voices and opportunity towards a culture that puts everybody's input on the same level. Many diverse perspectives can simultaneously make things more competitive while offering solutions to major problems. This is achieved by removing the major sticking points a silent demographic is unable to fix. How we enter this conversation and participate is something worth figuring out. For me, and I don't think it's everyone, depending on what your approach is, my best conversations in my most ignorant moments have been with people that I feel the most safe with. And I think that as that happens one-on-one, -on -one, maybe that turns into um, one-on-three, you know, or like, then it becomes a small group, or maybe then we're having a dinner series, or maybe we're in an event where it's catered to that. <laughs> That's stated. Like, we're coming in this at zero, maybe negative five, even. Like, there are men and women in this room. Like, let's have a really honest and good conversation about this. And we're on the same team, right? Like, I think that's the other thing. It's like, I don't have to agree with you, but I want to know that we're trying to help each other out with this conversation. But still, it's like, you can at the end of the day, like, hug. It's like when you fight with a sibling, hug it out and then agree to disagree. And, or I see your perspective, I don't agree. Or I see your perspective and actually I, I, I agree. You know, or like, oh, I hadn't known what that word was in that context. You know, um, that makes sense to me now. Another sensitive topic to the uneducated or topically shy is our own reaction to the sexuality of women. There's a lack of understanding that goes beyond the obvious biological differences. Half of the population, the male population, are defining the sexuality of women without understanding the other side's perspective. I think the issue becomes when we're talking about it from a male perspective and um, most everything that we talk about in the United States, I feel like, or in the world, if I could say, is from a male's perspective. You're uncomfortable with seeing period blood because it's not attractive to you. But what is more more real about being a woman than that? You would rather see cleavage, right? Or breastfeeding. You would want to see a woman's tits, like, totally out in the open. But you don't want to see a woman breastfeed? What? That blows my mind. It's the same thing, actually, you know? It's so wild to me. So we're... What is worrisome and troubling about that is that whose perspective are we talking about it from? If we're talking about women's perspective, the conversation becomes much different. A discussion about the menstrual cycle often leaves many people uncomfortable. And why shouldn't it? It's part of the conditions of culture and society. We're told from a male-dominated perspective that we should shy away from those moments, and it's solidified by patriarchal standards. But bringing this out in the open and allowing us to understand the other side of the spectrum goes a long way in helping us work through the issue in its entirety. Not only that, but how should we handle and approach these situations? One thing that Sarah mentioned earlier was her desire to create a safe space. A space like this should welcome ignorance under the pretense of one wanting to be educated. It should lack judgment because like ourselves, We've conceded we don't know how to necessarily approach these topics, but we want to learn. 
Sarah's goals of highlighting their brand of feminism has simple goals for feminine product, the show, and the movement. You don't have to have some definitive answer of what you think or believe or any of that before. Let's just have a conversation and have it in a place where it feels safe. At least the person you came with, you know, um, or didn't come with or who you have to go home to or who you interact with and who you do life with daily, you know, have a different conversation than you would have had before. Have a different perspective. You know, even my mom, you know, I'll be really curious to see the conversation we have after this. You know, she's like, would you really feel like you had to include that piece? And I'll, I'll say, yeah, you know, for X, Y, and Z reason. You know, do you believe in that? And, you know, do you agree with that? Would you post in your house? Maybe not. But like, I felt like it was important to include that for whatever reason, right? So I am well aware that this is not just serving the woman's perspective. It's by women for everyone. <laughs>